we'll be looking at Colossians chapter 1 in, in just a minute. The holidays are here. Another year has passed. And once more we make our valiant attempt to reconnect with friends and family members that we may have lost touch with over the past 11 months or so. So it is no wonder that once we are finally gathered together, whether it be at the table or around the tree, what takes place during the holidays bears a significant amount of weight in our relationships throughout the rest of the years and a lot of times beyond that. Most of us can remember certain Thanksgivings and Christmases not by the the spirit of depth and, and, and reverence that we give to the holidays, but often by other stuff. And I want to give God glory right here right now because I've had some very good and very memorable holidays with my family. In fact, there were a couple of years, uh, one year at Thanksgiving, one year uh, at Christmas time that I saw friends and family members saved. Uh, How memorable is that? What better thing can happen uh, than to see your two cousins get saved, saved, as mine were in 1995. Uh, In in 1999, right after uh, uh, our fall semester of, uh, my first fall semester of college, I came home and my best friend was at my house and, and lots of family were gathered there because my best friend had been saved that day. What an awesome thing. I can remember several years back uh, when my, my grandfather was in very, very delicate condition and uh, the family gathered around and prayed for him and God answered and gave him back his strength and he was able to minister before the Lord for several more years before he passed away. So I have some good memories of Christmases and of Thanksgivings and I pray that you do as well. Uh, unfortunately, some holidays though are remembered for the heartache that's involved. Arguments which could have easily been avoided, words better left unspoken, the few times that gossip won out over prayer, times when unforgiving or controlling spirits caused great rifts between family members. And I know if this is the case for me, I'm sure that it is for some of you as well, that past events can make just getting the family together for a couple of hours sometimes a very volatile situation. And despite the hard work and dedication you put forth, sometimes you might feel like a Christmas party, for example, is a ticking time bomb waiting to explode. So rather than go extremely deep today, I have a message for you that is practical. And I pray that there's something that I I can share with you today that you say, you know what, we can try that. Our family can try that. Um, I want to talk to you about getting the most out of the holidays. Getting the most out of the holidays. And I'm going to share with you three ways that you can make the holidays better for yourself and your family and honor God more than you possibly ever have uh, with your family get-together uh, during your lifetime. And uh, the, the first one is this, and, and, and we'll just go uh, kind of quickly through these. Um, the first one is this. Set Jesus as the focus. Yawn, right? Some of you, oh, set Jesus as the focus. We need to set Jesus as the focus of our holiday get-togethers. Now, I know some of you, uh, an hour is the best that you, is all that you get, or two hours, maybe that's all you get. Some of you guys spend a whole afternoon celebrating Christmas. Some of you spend a whole day or two days. Yet my dad this year has taken off two weeks just to be at my grandmother's house for whoever should drop in early or whoever should stay over late just because that he wants to be with family. 
But no matter how long and how much time we have, we need to make an effort. And it takes an effort to do this, to make Jesus, to set Jesus as the focus of our holiday get-togethers. Think about it. What's the focus? Your next Christmas event, uh, whether it's a, a Sunday school class uh, a meeting, whether it's a, a meeting among teachers or co-workers, what is the focus going to be? If you had to say it right now, is it just to relax and unwind? Will the focus be what's going on with football? Will the focus be a certain expectant mother? Uh, will the focus be an alcoholic uncle uh, or the aunt that a lot of people will try to avoid? What if the focus and the meaning of your whole get-together was to honor Jesus? What if he was at the forefront instead of just being an afterthought? What would that look like and what needs to happen? Let's look at Colossians chapter 1 and uh, we'll, start with, uh, we'll start with verse 15. Colossians chapter 1, uh, 15 through 20 talks about Jesus. And here's, here's why it's so important that we put Jesus at the center of our holiday traditions and our get-togethers. Because He is the image. In other words, we can, we, He's been seen. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. We're going to look at that a little more in just a second. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, and the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Him all the fullness should dwell, and by Him to reconcile all things to Himself by Him, whether things on the earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Amen. That's a, that is a, a very heavy uh, portion of scripture. And what's being said here is um, in Genesis chapter 1, think about it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created light and darkness. He separated the light from the darkness. He created the stars, the sun, the moon, the animals, the plants. He created everything. And how did he do that? He spoke it and it was. By His Word, He created everything. In John chapter 1, we see that that Word by which God created everything became flesh and dwelled among us. What is John talking about? The Lord Jesus Christ. So He is the Creator and He is the sustainer of all things. And in verse 17 of Colossians 1 that we read, it says, In Him all things consist. There are a lot of scholars who have given a lot of thought to what that means. In him all things consist. And really uh, what, uh, uh, what the Apostle Paul is pointing at to is that Jesus is in the middle of everything. He is in the center of everything. And it is him who holds everything together. So if this same Jesus can hold together nations, can establish borders, can set up thrones and powers and principalities, if this same Jesus can hold together all the stars and the galaxies in the universe and all the great power that we see in the cosmos, He can hold together, if you set Him at the center of your family, He also can hold that together. But again, it takes a conscious and deliberate effort to do this. 
First of all, you have to realize, uh, some of you are planning events and you're thinking, okay, we've, we can't do turkey again because we just did turkey. What are we going to have for Christmas? And I like the houses where they have the big beef tenderloin. Yeah, that's the way to go, right? Um, but you're already starting to get your plans together for, for, for what your meal is going to be uh, for Christmas now that we're done with Thanksgiving. And maybe you don't want to even think about that yet because uh, you haven't rested and recovered enough uh, from the last event that you had. But, but realize, if you host an event at your home, or even if you just regularly attend a certain Christmas party, a certain get-together, you have some sway over what that event is going to be about. There's a reason why themed parties are becoming so popular, because when we put a little more time and a little more effort into our planning, it makes the whole experience better for everyone. So what if we put a little time and a little planning towards making our event centered upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to do We have to make a conscious effort. We have to design. We have to plan uh, and recruit the help of others when necessary so that Jesus can be at the forefront again instead of an afterthought. I wonder how many good Christian households, when you have get-togethers at Thanksgiving, at Christmas time, maybe some of you New Year's is a big deal. My family, not such a big deal. But, but, but maybe that's a big deal to you. I wonder how many good Christian households, the extent of glorifying God that they do is the prayer before the meal. If, and if you do that, I'm glad that you do that. I'm thankful for that because there's some people that don't even do that anymore. But we need to take the time. How many of you shared, and I pray that you did, shared some things that you were thankful for this year that God had done for you at Thanksgiving? How many of you plan on sharing the Christmas story? Listen, our, our house, uh, uh, the Wilburn household, we go to my grandmother's. It's, it's one of the biggest things that we do. And uh, it, for a while there, there were no children at all. Uh, there were no teenagers at all. Everyone was of adult age. Everyone was saved. But listen, now we have these children coming up. We have a house full of unbelievers that need to hear the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I bet that you have ones in your household. You probably do as well. Um, To put Jesus at the center is not that difficult of a thing to do with a little planning, but don't wait to the last minute. Parents, involve your children in this. You know, tell your children, here's what I want us to do at Christmas this year. Let it be known that you plan on this year. Let them know ahead of time that you plan on honoring Christ at Christmas. Uh, Involve your grandchildren. You've all got kids who have done school musicals and they know their Christmas songs. Maybe they have a scripture verse that they've memorized. And have them share that. It's important that we do these things. Take the spotlight off of what's normal for your group And focus in on the grace of God. The more we do this, the more we see His power at work. And the added benefit of that is that it brings our families together around a central point, a central point that's stable. I had a friend uh, who was posting on Facebook last week about uh, is it possible to have balance in life? I'm beating myself up because I feel like I don't have balance. Well, it's not possible to have balance in your life if you don't have a firm foundation. I'm glad that I have a firm foundation. Jesus Christ and our families need that same firm foundation and if we're not talking about it if we're not putting it out there if our kids can't see us pray can't see us worship and be thankful for it for what it is the lord has done for us we are doing them a great disservice and we're doing ourselves a disservice too because so many of the problems that we run into in life 
are problems that, that whose root is spiritual. So we need to draw our attention during these times to the Lord Jesus Christ. Set Jesus as the focus during the holidays. The next thing, set love as the priority. Set love as the priority. When we come together after spending time apart, it's only natural for us to compare stories and compare experiences, but so often, usually it's unintentional, we do more than just that. We end up comparing brother against brother and comparing sister to sister and in doing so, overlook some of the most important things that we, could, that we have in life. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 Verse 1 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I have become as a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all the mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though... And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Ooh, we need to remember that when we get together with our friends and with our family. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity. Ouch! Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Galatians 5, 22 through 26, we're given a, a list of the fruits of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. Boy, if that doesn't talk to, to speak about our family get-togethers, I don't know what does. We sometimes put people up on a pedestal while we knock others down. Why do we do that? That's not what love's all about. It's amazing. Uh, I talked to some folks and said, I love being my family because, with my family because it's the only place that I can really just be real. But why is it that being real with one another often means abandoning the fruits of the Spirit. Why does it mean that, that being real with one another has to lead to us tearing each other apart? So, so we need to be very careful that we set love as a priority when we get together with our families. And as families grow over, older and people move off, it's even more important during that time that we invest uh, our very best and show everybody the love that we have. My dad is one of three brothers. And you could imagine, and they're all very close together in age, you could imagine the amount of competition there was in that household growing up. It lasted even to, into their adult years. It lasted even into my adult years. It seemed there for a while that uh, 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 somebody every Christmas or every Thanksgiving had a new car. The car was the deal. And uh, uh, everybody wanted to show off, I, I got a better car. Well, the next year, oh, I got a better car than you had. Oh, the next year, I got a better car. And, and, and something happened in our family. I don't know if it's that some of our older people have passed away. Um, but, but my dad and his brothers have started to really understand more what Christmas is supposed to be about, of preserving the tradition that we have, of uh, uh, showing 
these children and showing their grandchildren how important it is that our family is established on the things of God, that we worship the Lord together, that we pray together. These things are significant. Uh, And if love is the priority, these things can take place. If competition or something else uh, is the priority or or, or dragging people down is the priority, look, I, I can't stand it. Some of the choices my family had made. But two, two years ago, uh, I thought it would never happen in our family. And we had a young, a young man, a cousin of mine, to, say, to come forward and say, say, I've been living with a man for the past year. And broke that news on us at Christmas. That was tough. That was really tough. And I don't like that. And he wants me to be comfortable with that. And I'm not comfortable with that. But what he needs is Jesus. What he needs is somebody to love him. What he needs to know about is grace and not judgment. He knows that he is judged. But he needs to hear about the grace of Jesus Christ. He needs to hear about the better life, the abundant life that Jesus Christ has to offer. So I have to set love as a priority and not judgment and not condemnation in that case. So I pray that you will do that as well. Set love as your priority. The last thing, set redemption as our motivation. Getting the most out of holidays. Let's set redemption as our motivation. What does being redeemed, the the fact that Christ has redeemed you, what does that motivate you to do? You know, since He loved me so much, a dirty, rotten sinner, it motivates me to share that with others. And I realize, were it not for Christ, I could be just like my cousin. If it weren't for Christ, I could be the alcoholic. If it weren't for Christ, I could be committing. And, and still, in this flesh, who knows? Who knows what, what we might do if we drift away and do not focus on Jesus Christ and following the Holy Spirit of God. Um, set redemption as our motivation. Why? Because first of all, we're all sinners. First John 1 John 1.8 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We're lying to ourselves. We're fooling ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Romans 3.23, we all know that. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. First John 5.8, But God demonstrates His own love towards us in, what, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ didn't wait for us to get better and then save us. He saved us in our sins. He saved us from our sins. So redemption motivates us uh, to promote forgiveness with our family members. We need to forgive and we need to help others forgive others within our family. Uh, The other thing that redemption motivates us to do, it, it reminds us we have a call to follow. A call to follow with so much written and so much even in the Christian world about leadership and how to, how to be a better leader, the, the best thing that we could show our children and our families is how to be the best follower of the Lord Jesus Christ that we could possibly be. Being a good follower is basically what being a good leader is. Uh, Mark sixteen twenty four. Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We will point more people to Christ by exemplifying great followership and great leadership. The next thing, uh, uh, set redemption as our motivation. When we are saved, we are made to be ambassadors of Christ. 
And within us, we're talking about missions this week. It promotes, it should promote a sense of mission in our life. Matthew 5, 13 says, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. And to think we waste time because we think we're going to get together with the aunts and the uncles and the cousins and, the, and all the folks we haven't seen all year. And we're just going to relax and unwind and have a meal and hang out. And we're talking, this is Christmas This is the arrival, the proclamation of the birth of our Savior. And we're going to forsake the best and and, and just settle for what's good. Why would we do that? We're ambassadors for Christ. And if we are not, Jesus says, you might as well be trampled underfoot by men. What does it mean if you won't take the stand, if you won't take the chance? And I pray that we will. 1 Peter 2.9 says, you are chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people at all, but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 20 through 21 says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We're talking about setting redemption as our motivation for our get-togethers. Also think about this. Our time to make an impact is short. When we were singing that song earlier, Lord, haste the day when our faith shall be sight. When the clouds will be rolled back as a scroll. The trumpet's going to resound. The last trumpet's going to be heard. And the Lord shall descend. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul. There's not that many Christmases and Thanksgivings and Easter's left until we're going to see the Lord. Whether it's at His return or whether we depart this world in death. And if this is the prime time for us to reach our folks, we need to be intentional about doing that. Our time to make an impact is short. My Aunt Patsy brought a lot of pictures to Thanksgiving, was showing, uh, showing pictures of people I'd never seen in my life. And she said, this, this picture right here was taken in the late 1800s, and that is your great, 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 great grandfather and grandmother. Four times great. Where did they live? I don't know. What did they do? I, I don't know. Were they Christians? I don't know. I, I, I hope they were. You see how, time, how short our time is? And, and, and so many people pushing us, make your mark on this world, make your mark on this world. What better way to make our mark than by our faith and our willingness to share it with our prosperity? Um, last thing, um, our destination was set in redemption as our motivation. Why? Because our destination, we're on our way to heaven. And when we have the right destination, our, our direction is affected. Uh, you, ever, you ever heard a, a, a direction determines destination? There are lots of people in our families who are going in the wrong direction. You, you agree with that? You, you probably got that one or that other one. And, 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 and you look at it and you can see it, but they're blind to the fact that they're headed the wrong way. So those of us who know that we are headed 
to glory. We are headed the right way. It becomes our responsibility to share what life in Christ is all about. And and not just life in Christ, but our eternal destiny that heaven awaits us. 1 John uh, chapter 2, verses 8-11 through 11 says, Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in Him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now, but he who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Verses 15 through 17. So don't love the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father but is of this world. And the world is passing away and the lust thereof. But he who does the will of God abides forever. John chapter 14, uh, uh, John uh, the apostle says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me in my Father's house. There are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you to myself that where I am, you may be also. So we need to do these things. Get the most out of this Christmas. Get the most out of your holidays by recognizing God. Set Jesus as the focus of your get-together. You can do it because a lot of you are in charge of these things. Set Jesus as the focus. Set love as the priority. Set redemption as our motivation. Man, i got some folks I would love to see them saved. Can't do it if I'm, if I'm closed-lipped about what Jesus has done for me. Um, so call up this week. I, I challenge you believers. Call up your children this week and say, do you, remind, do you mind reading Luke chapter 2 between dinner and dessert? Do you, would you mind sharing your testimony at Christmas time this year? You know, do the kids have a song that they might sing? Because I really want to honor God this year. And just just see what happens. Just see what kind of conversations are sparked. Man, I pray that you're going to see lost souls come to know the Lord. And that you're going to see children who ask more and more questions and want to know more and more about this Jesus who can save their soul. So glad that I had the opportunity to speak to you today. Let's pray and uh, we'll have a time of invitation. Lord God, we thank you so much. I thank you so much for speaking to a little six-year-old boy. September 27th, 1987. A day that I will never forget because I knew that I was lost. When I prayed and asked you to save me, you came into my heart and changed my life forever and you still have the power to do that. Lord, we know that the family... In America, all around the world, the family, traditional family unit is under attack. And Lord, it's important now more than ever that we speak to our children, that we speak to our loved ones about the gospel of Jesus Christ and about salvation. So Lord, I pray there might have been somebody who was here today who was on the track just to do Christmas as normal and maybe in their house just very little mention of you. And they've made the decision today, Christmas is going to be about more this year. I'm going to share Jesus with my family this year. We're going to plan on it. We're going to take the steps. We're going to 
lay the groundwork to make sure that that happens this year, Lord. Help us to do that. And Lord God, I pray for anybody who might be here this morning who does not know Jesus as their Savior. Lord, that deny Jesus Christ their life, Lord, that they stand condemned already. But Lord, that you love them enough, Lord God, to send your only begotten Son, that if they would trust in you, believe in you, that they'll not perish but will have everlasting life. So God, whatever it is that you want to do during our invitation time today in the hearts of your people, Lord, I say for myself, I stand ready to listen and I stand ready to act and ready to move. And Lord, I pray the same for my brothers and sisters who are here today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's stand. Uh, If you have dealings to do with Jesus, uh, if you want somebody to pray for you, if you have questions about becoming a Christian, if you would like to unite with Meadowbrook Baptist Church, whatever the need may be, don't put off Jesus. Follow God. Follow the Holy Spirit. He's done a, a whole lot. He's bought you at the price of His own blood. Don't deny Him your life and your willingness to follow Him. Follow Him as we have this song, just as I am.